Welcome everybody to Damage Radio, heard here live on MonsterRadio.com, where music reminds me. You already know me, I'm RC, alongside my guest, he's from Allentown, Pennsylvania. He started his journey in August 2021 as a referee to now, where he is your new MFPW arena champion, the one, the only, Michael Z. Michael, welcome to Completely Damaged, man. Thank you for having me, I really appreciate being on the show. Man, no, man, I'm, I'm happy for all your success, man, in such an early career of yours. Finally holding up that Arena Pro Wrestling Championship, man. Yep, this is the one. That's amazing. We're going to talk so much about that and so much about your career. But uh, first and foremost, for those that don't know, what inspired you to pursue professional wrestling? I have seen wrestling my entire life. Like, I can't think of any point in time where I didn't know what wrestling was, watch wrestling, play wrestling video games. One of the earliest memories is just me being probably like two and I'm seeing on the TV SmackDown. I see the blue ropes, the, the silver apron at the time. And I just, I've, it's always been around my life. So was it when like the rock, like you, you smell what he's cooking like that era, or no more ruthless aggression. John mm. Cena that time is that's my bread and butter. Big, big Cena guy. love John Cena. Love Batista, Randy Orton, Edge. Favorites, favorites. Growing up, you just, I just loved all of them. So you named a few of them right there. So out of those, was there a certain match or promo that got you hooked? Um, I'll tell you this. Uh, John Cena and Randy Orton at the time, probably like 2000, I want to say eight, nine, nine. I think it's nine. Around that time, that I was super, super invested. Just they were feuding, and I was just kind of glued to the TV, just needing to know what's happening next. Just from from nine to all the way to like 2012, just I, wrestling just was number one priority. Now, now looking at that, um, like, do you remember like a certain promo that got you? I can't, I can't think of a certain promo, but I can think of a promo package. Okay, let's give it to us. Bra- bragging rights. And, I, and I'm pretty sure it's 2009, and it's the John Cena versus Randy Orton, the promo package, and they play Silver Twilight Letters in the Sky. That just, that three minutes of that, I'm just like, oh, I want to see these guys beat each other up. I, I need to see them kill each other. This is going to be great. And I would replay it over and over. Like, I'd go on YouTube and just watch that one over and over and over. So growing up, did you have a lot of uh, friends that were into professional wrestling like you were? Not, not really. Um, I would, I would know some people here and there, but it wasn't something that like I, that I'm going to school like, yo, did you see what happened on Raw? Uh, my older brother really liked wrestling, so for me, that's who I would kind of talk to about it. That's when we get into discussions and things of that nature of like, oh, this and this and that and whatever. It's gonna happen next week. With now, my older he, brother. So would he? Would he try to fight you? Then while you're watching it and talking about it? Oh, yeah. There was one time where I was probably like seven, eight, and he, he gave me a power bomb to this to, to this bed. And I think I just like didn't breathe right or something. Like I it knocked the wind out of me for some reason. And I did that classic little kid, like you get the wind knocked out of you, and you're like <laughs> and it, Yes. And it, now he's saying, shh, shh, stop, don't, don't, well, I was going to be mad, don't do it, quiet. And you hear, like, the steps of the footprints yeah, going the up. Yeah, the creaks going up. Uh, it was, 
he's trying to get me to be quiet. Uh, funny memories. That's yeah. awesome. So, um, did you did you have any action figures growing up? Oh yeah, I had a ton. Just um, for Christmas, I'd get a whole bunch. Just if I was ever like, if we were ever at like a Walmart or something, like, hey, can I can I get this one? I had like Eddie Guerrero. I had like three Eddie Guerreros. I had a JBL. I had a bunch of John Cena's. Just tons of them, and I had them all in this like really big bin, and it was just they were just all on top of each other. All right, so fast forward to now. Um, you tell your brother or you tell your parents, I think I want to be a professional wrestler. What happens? You know, um, I I had said it since I was like twelve. Like I think we all have, yeah. Since yeah, so since twelve, I'm like, well, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. And then um, COVID happened, so it kind of delayed the start. Everything's kind of shut down. I wasn't really sure what to do at that point. But as soon as I was like, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to, like, once I started, I got a lot of support. It was, it was, it was mostly just support. Like, hey, great. I'm happy you're going to start this journey that you've been talking about forever. So was it hard to balance school, I guess, and going to school or going to work and going to? So that's, that, so the funny thing about that one, uh, I was, I was in college. And I got to the point where I'm like, you know what, this isn't, I, I'm not enjoying this. This is for me. I'm just kind of doing this just because the parentals are like, hey, you should go to school. Um, and then it was soon after that where I'm like, okay, well, what do I want to do? I know I want to do this wrestling stuff. So it wasn't hard at first, but now I have a job and it's a, it's a bit tougher now. Got a, I've, got a, I've got a nine to five that I got to frequent and then go to training. Now it's a bit tough. Sleep is really the, the big kicker nowadays. Yeah, definitely. So you decided to become a professional wrestler. Uh, you got to look at schools. What were the top three schools, if any, that you had, and what led you to the factory? I can tell you right now, I'm, I'm searching for schools, and there was two that were on, on the top of my list. There was, there was one right, right in Allentown, um, but they had uh, the owners of them had moved. I believe down to Florida, to the school over there. Or no, actually, somebody was still running it. I wasn't sure who exactly. So I was like, oh, it's right there. It's like, it's like 10 minutes away, 15 minutes away, whatever. I could just go there. And then the other one was the Monster Factory. Just going on their website, seeing the long list of alumni who have gone places. But it was a bit, far, it was a bit farther of a drive. So uh, a lot of during COVID, I would call the, the Allentown School. And they're like, oh, we're not opening yet. Maybe when the vaccines are going out. And I call them and it would be like, yeah, maybe, maybe, whatever. And then at some point I called them finally. And they were like, yeah, but we're moving. We're not going to be in Allentown anymore. We're going to be somewhere in Jersey. And I was like, well, if they're going to be in Jersey and I have to go to Jersey anyways, I'm going to go to Lodgeville. Right. So you walk into the Monster Factory. You see the photos on the wall. You see the ring. You see the uh, fitness center. What's going on in your mind? A lot of nervousness. I was very, I was like, oh, I'm here. This is, this is the place. And I'm walking in and I see the ring and I see the hole on the side. We have like a little tribute to Larry. Um, and just the posters and the alumni on the wall. And I'm just like, wow, this, this place is legit. This is, it's a, it's a kind of a big spot. I'm looking at the ring. I'm like, whoa, me and the coach. And I was just kind of taking it all in, but just very nervous, just kind of sitting. Just 
saying hello, just being quiet, just kind of taking it all in. So the first day you walk in, it like is it kind of like uh, first day at school? Do they kind of give you like a brief rundown? Here's what we can offer you, kind of thing. Like tell the fans a little bit about that. So when I went, they were having a an open house, which is basically um, if anyone's interested in joining, they could come in, and uh, the coach will kind of explain how things work, um, what the factory is about, tell tell us a bit more about it. We they had some people there running drills, so you could kind of get a sense of how practices would go and what would be expected. And if you had any questions, you can like ask. So that's what that's what that day was about. I know sometimes now there hasn't been one of those in a while, but if someone were to sign up, you would kind of just come in and see it, it'll just be training and you'll you'll sit and you'll get to see a day of training and what what entails with it and how it's all run. So the end of the day, that day, you watched all training. Uh, what were the thoughts in your mind? Did you know that this was for you? I knew the moment I saw the ring. I was like, yep, this is this. coach. Take, take my money. I'm good. Yeah. Oh, good. I was, I was like, yep, this is, I'm doing it. Uh, I knew from, from the moment I was in there, but seeing it all, I was like, wow, this is really, it just, it was that feeling of like, oh, I'm really going to start doing this. This is crazy. Yeah. I knew right away. Now you walk in, um, who are some people do you remember uh, you had a conversation with the first day? I can tell you right now. Uh, But Nick Batillion, always, always been great to me. Love that man to death. Uh, day one, I'm getting in. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of lost. And he's the first dude. Hey, you looking for the monster factory? It's that way. You got to walk down there. I was like, great. And even after, um, it was really weird. Me and him were the only two people there still. Everyone else had, had, had left for the day. And we're talking for like an hour just about wrestling and all this other stuff. And so him and, and the coach, coach, you know, he shakes my hand. He introduces myself. He just, he seemed uh, very relaxed. And kind of like, oh, okay, he's not like, now he can be. I'm oh, yeah, I know. He'll shout. That first day, I felt very comfortable. Like, okay, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, coach. And, um, yeah, Dan Dan was great, too. Yeah, with the amount, vast amount of talent that they have there, from, like, Ricky Rays, who was training there, to teaching you guys, to Missy Sampson, to Danny, to Brian Heffron, Mini was there for a little bit. Uh, each coach brings a certain style. Can you talk about each coach and what they meant so far for your early career? Yeah, absolutely. So Dan, you know, I, I owe that man everything, you know, all, all of my successes and all the tips he gives, you know, he's like, he's like, um, he's like that, that he's hard on you, but he cares about you. That's why he's hard on you. And he'll always remind you after like, Hey, I'm being hard on you. Cause I care about you. And he'll just little things. All the little details of when you're doing something, you'll you'll think you'll do it good, and then he'll be like, "Hey, let's do it this way," and it's like a little tweak, and you're like, "Oh, I," and and he'll make it make sense. You're like, "Oh, that's why I should do it that way. That's why I should do it this way." But Missy, same thing. Um, when I first started, she um we had beginners class, so my first day we're having beginners class. She's running beginners class. And a warm welcome, number one. And number two, just the the real um, fundamentals she's great at. The real fundamentals, like if there's something simple that, that is done on the daily, she can tweak it to make it perfect. And she's always been helpful. And she's always a great person to talk to. Love Missy to death. Ricky, 
I I didn't get too much time with him. Um, he he had moved down. Uh, he had moved uh away from Jersey, but I with with the few time I did get to spend with him, whether it was refing his match or or Sunday training. Now that's the strict like okay, this is what we're doing. This is how I want it done. This is why it's done this way. And that that was the kind of like okay, I'm at, I'm training now. Let's get this right because if not, I'm gonna hear about why it's wrong, and just each of them just have this little differences and nuances with them all and just like you said mass amounts of talent with all of them just great trainers and great things to learn from all of them and definitely i mean like you know in any sport you go in you think you know everything but like showing respect to these individuals is so important and it's so lacking sometimes and you'll get called out right away by any three of those individuals a hundred hundred percent Hundred percent. Luckily, I don't think I've done anything to ever make them feel like that. Thankfully, I didn't. You know, I didn't step on any toes or anything like that. But yeah, if it, you you treat them, you treat them with respect. They're there. They're there to teach you. They're there to learn. So it's very important to do that. Definitely. I met Danny uh, maybe going on twelve years ago, and I interviewed him and Pretty Boy Larry Sharp. And it was at a convention in Jersey, Legends of the Ring. And first thing, I'm interviewing Larry, and Larry says to me, uh, don't you know when you meet a king, you have to bow? And then Lowe's blow, Lowe blows me. So, of course, <laughs> I, I bow right away. And Danny's so fresh in the business then. He's laughing on the sideline, you know. And then again, he does it again to me, Larry, a couple of years later. And uh, Larry was such an incredible mind and uh, a great great part of the business and gave the factory a lot. And and now Danny's up and running and taking it to a whole new, a whole new level, which is I'm so proud of Danny because I Danny's been on my radio show countless times. Um, Missy, Missy and I go back uh, to World One Wrestling Days with Steve Carino when I was on uh, the street team. Just handing out flyers back in uh, 2008, probably. And uh, Missy's one of those people who always remember you. You know, like as long as you give into the business, she'll always be a friend and always help you out as long as you uh, show respect and, and show you want to learn. And Absolutely. those two are are amazing to me. Absolutely. So um, let's talk about uh, your first time training, that first bump. Talk about the adrenaline, man, how you felt after taking that bump. Was it what you thought it was going to be? You know, it, it, yeah, I was like, oof, okay. That's, that's kind of what I, I expected. You know, I wasn't anyone to ever think that it was like, oh, it's like a trampoline. You know, you like people. You hear that sometimes, and I, I knew it wasn't that. I knew like I was like, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow, and it's gonna hurt, and and it sure did. And I was just really just trying to like listen and just get it down and get just okay. So I gotta do it like this. Okay, that didn't work. And just kept trying to do it. The hardest part for me, actually, I don't know about for you, but running the ropes. Is not as easy as it seems. There's such a rhythm. One, two, three, lean. One, two, three. And like, if you just start getting like cocky with it and start just running, you can trip over your feet and go right through that middle rope. Hey, yeah, honestly, I um. So when I first got in the ring, it was it was to run the ropes, and I was like super excited because I'm like, oh, this is this is, this is great. I always wanted to do this. Right. And just and just seeing how there's like a a formula to doing it, you would say, just like a kind of rhythm and thing. It just blew. I'm like, oh, so I'm running, but like it's not running. And it was just, 
and just every day I would just run the ropes because I just it was fun to me, and right. also I wanted to get good at running the ropes. But yeah, just the rhythm and and Nick just one more time to 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 talk about it. He was t- showing me how to do it, and he broke it down. He's like, it's a, it's bump 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 bump, and just and he and he does this thing. He's good at impressions, and he was like showing me. Every he's like he's like this is how Triple H runs the ropes and showed his rhythm. This is how Undertaker runs the bump 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 and just really he yeah and he was doing it just like him like it's just it was great and it just helped with me understanding how to get it done. So yeah, definitely I did um I did one of the camps I did a documentary when the interviewer becomes wrestler for a day, and uh, I left that Danny said to me uh, are you sure you want to do this because I don't want you to leave this camp hating professional wrestling. And I didn't understand that at the time, but now I really realize what he means by it. Like, you love it right now, doing what you're doing, interviewing all the legends and all these up-and-comers that you've done for the past 13 years. Once you're in this ring and you take that bump, you could dislike it in a heartbeat because not, it's not for everybody. And everyone, every Mo, Larry, and Curly think they can just be a professional wrestler. But it takes time. You've got to work your way up to getting what's right in front of you right now. You know, you got to, like, really pay your dues and that's the that's the thing i love about the monster factory you pay your dues whether it's selling tickets making hot dogs you know anything putting the chairs up putting the ring down it doesn't matter where you are from one to a hundred everyone helps out yeah 100 percent. we're always you know taking rings down putting rings up setting up for the shows putting the chairs down making sure someone's on concessions like we we're we're a team and i, I love that about the factory all of us we're, we're in it together to make everything come out as best as we can. So talk to us a little about uh, how the whole being a referee started. So it was simply just um, um, one day, you know, I'm just in line, ready to do a drill. Missy takes me aside. She takes some other people aside. She goes, hey, I'd like you guys to be refs. Um, we only have one right now. We can use a couple more. Don't they? I, we understand that you came here to be a wrestler. This isn't permanent. It's just for now. And I was, I was all for it because I'm like, hey, it looks like fun. I get to be in the ring. I get to see the matches like as close as possible. I was, I was like, great. This sounds great. And then just, you know, my first night actually, or one of my first nights, uh, to bring up Nick one last time. I'm watching two people work in the ring, and Nick goes, Mike, get in there. Get your ref reps. And I was like, ref? Ref reps? What? Huh? I was confused, but I went in there, and I just started refing. But, yeah, so it would just be things like that. Just like, you know, if someone's having a practice match, we'll throw Mike in there so he can learn how to ref, get things down, pack. Um, somebody will take him to the side, teach him some other stuff that has to do with refing, along with the regular training, of course. But yeah, and then they just got me on the show and took off. Sammy Miami, NXT, speak two languages, was a professional wrestler, now a ref. Anything can happen in this business, man. Seeing him doing what he's doing and seeing where you came from, being a ref and now being a professional wrestler, how does that help your confidence? Um, Just a ton. Because I think when you're you're refing in there, you're seeing the, the performers put the match together they're making the match work um they're making sure that they're getting to where they need to be if something goes wrong you see how they fix it you 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 kind of see it from a point of view of where if you're not already wrestling 
you wouldn't get that kind of third eye view. You know what I mean? So it has just helped a bunch because before I even got to wrestle on a show, I can be comfortable being in front of the crowd because I'm in front of the crowd. I can be comfortable if something gets messed up because I've messed up something as the rep. So it has just done nothing but help. I don't think I'd be as good as I am or whatever you would say if I'm not refing at the start. Okay, so we all need to uh, study, whether it's school or work or professional wrestling. Who did you study when you became a ref in the beginning? Were you actually watching the refs instead of the athletes in the ring? Or what were you doing as far yeah, as, like, you so, know, WWE goes and all that? Um, I can't say that there was one specific ref. But I would watch matches and kind of just see what the ref's doing, focus on them. Okay, in this scenario, he's doing this. In this scenario, he has his hands up kind of in this sense. Just little little things and tweaks like that. To just kind of see, okay, this is how they're doing things. Let let me do that as well because I want to be as good as any other ref. So, uh, as a wrestler, who who do you study? Um, as a wrestler, I just just some of my favorites: Cena, really like Guerrero, really like Jay Lethal. Another one, really like him. Um, uh, a guy that I I really like that just doesn't. Um, get brought up a lot monty brown tna wow the just, alpha male yeah one day i'm in i'm in study hall just like i'm not doing my schoolwork whatever and i go on, i i go on youtube and i'm just watching this random this random episode of impact and this guy comes out and he's like ah and he's doing all this stuff yeah and i'm just like yo who is this guy he's great I just and then I started watching his promos back, and I'm just like, I just the energy that he would bring when he would go out there, loved it, loved it a ton. So I would just kind of watch matches from those people just because I like them, and I'm like, okay, I can take stuff from here, I can take stuff from here, and kind of put my own spin on things. So was it hard for you to get into a ritual of uh, going to work? going to wrestling, coming home, and doing it over and over again, making sure you're on time, you know, which is totally key with uh, Danny and them. Talk about that. 100%. It's, it was um, very, very like, okay, I'm going to learn as I go. Uh, I had a job, actually. So I had this one job, and it was, it was going all right. I, I couldn't complain. The people liked me there. I was, I was progressing fine in, in my job. But just sometimes it would be a longer day than than you would expect, and I'd get late to practice. And it was just, or sometimes we'd end so late I couldn't even get to practice because by the time mm-hmm. I got there, it would it would be over. So I I just I just quit. Just one day I was just like, hey, um, it's been great, but uh, not coming back. <laughs> and and just yeah, just found just found something else that kind of suited better that was kind of closer so that way okay i got out of work i'm not all the way over here i'm now over here and factory is this way so just a lot of like tweaking and and even now still just like okay if i wake up to go to the gym at this time and if i leave at this time and just okay if i leave the factory let me make sure i'm not thirsty or let me make sure i ate something let me make sure i pat so i'm always trying to figure out how to adjust it so it's the best possible way to get the crazy schedule to work 
So you talked about this crazy schedule. Uh, this is something that someone, you know, even veterans are still trying to figure out. Let's talk about balance. Is it hard for you to balance school, work, family life, and professional wrestling? And and have you learned a secret to that yet? Um. Yes, it has. I I can't say I know any super secret that hey you haven't heard about. Here's here's a trick you haven't heard. Yeah. I can't I can't say I've gotten one of those, but it's definitely been tough. Um. Definitely missed things I'd like to have been to because hey I know I would love to be there, but this is more important. Or what the funny thing is, I get home sometimes uh, on the weekend, right? It'll be a Saturday and I wake up uh, a little later because I don't have work on the weekend. And my mom will be like, hey, I haven't seen you all week. How you doing? <laughs> just because she's gone, I'm here, I'm right. gone, she's here. And by the time I get back, she's asleep. It's, it, it, is, it is a balance. Um, you can, it's not impossible to make it work. You can make it work. It's just a, it, it's just a bit difficult, that's all. Definitely. So you find out you're going to be wrestling that night. Talk about that night, man. And uh, did, did you know a little bit beforehand that they were going to switch you over to be a wrestler? And talk about that story. Yeah. So um, I I was told the show before. They were like, hey, um, just you're, we're going to have you wrestle on the next show. Uh, unfortunate circumstances happen, which is whatever. I couldn't do it. I was fine. Hey, we got it. we're a team. We got to get the job done fine we can i'll ref no problem so i ref and then i'm told uh i wrestled brian for my first match brian actually went to the coach and said hey i'd love to have his first match because brian is another guy super helpful always teaching me things i can't say enough good things about brian uh so he he goes to coach says hey i'd love to i'd love to work michael for his first match coach goes yeah sure sounds good um and we get to the show, and just the whole day, I it was kind of just like, I hope it happens. Because card subject to change. Really, that card subject to change. You know, it, something can happen, another ref could break their ankle, or, or who knows. So the whole night, I'm just kind of hoping it'll go as planned. And it did, and it was great. And it almost didn't, because something, something happened where Missy had to take over for the card, and... She she gave us the match, but it was it was literally off of a win. Like she didn't even know coach was like, Yeah, he you guys can wrestle. It was just kind of like, mm, who could Mike work? Not Brian, sure. And so it barely happened, but it happened and it just it went well. It went great. I think so. I'm very happy with it. So yeah, just the whole day, just kind of like, okay, is it gonna happen? Is it really gonna happen? And then and then, and then now it's okay, I'm nervous because I'm actually gonna have to go out there. So when did the jitters happen? Walking through the curtain or getting into the ring? I'll tell you this. It it slowly just started to creep up. Right, the whole day as I got closer to to showtime, it just got more and more like, oh, I'm about to go out there. And then right before like my music's gonna hit, I'm just going around, just freaking out, just kind of jumping up and down, like, oh, I'm about to go out there. Well, let's hope this goes well. And that's like peak. Like, okay. Super generous, but let's make this happen. And then music plays, and I go out there, and I kind of just, all right, I'm out here. Let's make it work. Now, what music was for you? Um, we, uh, they gave, uh, I didn't have, I didn't give them any music specifically. They gave me one that was already on their thing, but it, like, it worked perfectly for, because I was, like, so hyped up and and energetic and the song was too that it just kind of flowed 
super smoothest. I basically goes, don't worry, I got one place you're going to love. And I did. So it was great. Nice. I was there for that match. And I remember I didn't even know that was your first match until Brian said it afterwards. And, dude, you looked on point the whole match. I couldn't never tell. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, big, big ups to Brian on that one because he made me look great. Now, let's talk about something that some some of the individuals don't really recognize in the beginning, the business aspect side of it, the 8 by 10s the making sure you greet the fans, staying in afterwards and talking to every single person. Talk about that, and was that hard for you? Um, It's still something I'm trying to get a better grasp at. Um, I, have, I have friends that come to the shows and things like that, so... Sometimes, so I'll go talk to them, of course, and that's easy because that I know them, you know, so that'll be easier. But that first night, there's people coming to me, and this is a new feeling. I'm just like, oh, you want to talk to me? This is weird. But just that and the eight by tens, like having having to have promo shots, making sure those look good, you know. Eventually, at some point, you got to get some merch on going on, some t-shirts, things like that. Just a whole nother side that I never thought about ever. Like before coming to, I would have never, oh, what's your merch going to look like? Never questioned in my head or anything like that. But it was, it's, yeah, something I'm still trying to get a grasp of. How cool is it to have John there, to have his, you know, his Canon camera, have that cool backdrop and get, get pictures there, man. Is it, is it like, you know, like I made it in a way? Um, I, I wouldn't, I don't know. It was kind of just more of like a, oh, this is new. Let's try to, interesting. This is this is something new that we got to do. I had to sit in the backdrop. I have to look a certain way, make certain expressions. More of me just trying to understand what the best way to make this work is more than anything else. Just being more comfortable and not having them look, you know, a bit off. Definitely. So, um, tell me the difference between Michael Z, the person, versus Michael Z, the professional wrestler, when you walk in that in that on in that room. Um, just me in person, just a bit more calm, I'd say. You know, I'm not super loud. At least I don't think so. Someone could tell me, "Hey, he's the loudest person I've ever met. You, you'll never shut up." But I like to think, you know, I'm just a bit more relaxed more kind of like all right this is this is kind of how things are whatever um whereas i'm out there and i'm just super fiery just i'm at a 10 the entire time i'm just ah let's go mike z i i'd say that's the biggest difference more than anything let's talk about uh the mic drop uh how'd you come up with that man that one okay so that's how i got you right now um, me and Brian, the night before, we're supposed to have our match. We're kind of, we're kind of piecing it together. And he's like, okay, here, I want you to hit me with the rock bottom. Because these people, they're not going to know who you are, but they'll know what a rock bottom is. So when you do it, it'll get them to kind of cheer. And he does a great, like, if I DDT him, it looks like I dropped him on his head. I didn't, he, he's fine, but it looks like he bowed. So I kind of wanted to do that. I was like, oh, but I think that it would cooler. It'd get a better, better reaction, whatever. He was like, no, let's, let's, do, let's do the thing. And I was like, all right, fine. We'll do it that way. Um, so in our match, I did it. Going to Big Falsy, it came out great. So I was like, okay. Um, never really thought of what would be my finisher, or at least never had one that was like, I definitely want to do that. 
So I just kept doing it during practice matches. And Daniel Alexander just goes, Mike, drop! And he just kind of said, and I was like, hey, that's not, that's not bad. That sounds great. So I was like, hey, let's use it. Let's see, let's see what it, where it goes. And it's um, gone pretty well, I'd say. Definitely. It's, uh, so you had some pretty big matches thus far in your career, like in March when you won the Battle Royal and then challenged Mr. Eat, 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 Bobby Buffet, and then, you know, ended up losing to him. Uh, you defeated Tim Hughes, who's been in the business for a while. Um, you won a six-way against Rocco, Daniel Alexander, Marvelous Oliver, and XVX. Uh, what are some of your favorite matches? Um, I'll tell you right now. Tim, I was so... One of the first matches I refed was a match with Tim and DK Lewis. And I just kind of sitting there refing the match. I was like, this match is, I just really liked it. And I was like, man, I want to work Tim. I, I'd love to wrestle him. He's going to make me look great. He's going to make me look like a star. Me being selfish. He's going to make me look like a million bucks. So getting to work with him and seeing how he calls matches and why things are done the way he does them was really, was a really good feeling. It was really full forward. Like, okay. He got to do this. I want to do it. And I got to do that. So that was a really good one. Um, another match I wrecked, which was a, it was a six-pack challenge. It was a turkey slam. Um, I can't remember ever. I know Hafiz was in there. I know uh, Marvelous. I know Delirious was in there. I was a little nervous having to ref one of his matches. That match was just so much fun. Like, just all the crazy stuff going on. Yeah. I know Daniel Alexander and, and Delirious had some kind of spot where they're, like, screaming at each other. I was like, oh, I want to be in one of these because it just looks like a lot of fun. So getting to do that six-pack was, was great. I was very happy that that was what the, what, what the job was for that day. Uh, I was very happy about that one. And then, and yeah, just even the one you said, and Bobby, too, just – um, I put a I put a tweet out just kind of trying to promote the the show and the battle royal or whatever, and I was like, oh, but basically I'll I'll see you there, Bobby or whatever after I win the battle royal, blah, blah blah, and then like the next day, coach is like, yeah, you're gonna win the battle royal, and I was like, huh? Come again? <laughs> yeah, I was like, me really? So that was uh, it was it was a bit nervous, very nervous. But I was very grateful for the opportunity. Very happy I got to work with Bobby. Bobby's another great friend of mine. Love Bobby. Uh, he's always helpful. He's always just a fun person to be around. So I, those three, honestly, probably would be the, the ones I'd go to. And in the match with Brian, I can't say enough good things. I've watched it back like a million times because, of course, I have. And it's just it just went so well. I just really, really like it. Now, one thing I love about the Monster Factory is it feels like a family. You guys all look out for each other. If someone gets in trouble, you guys are on them saying, yo, listen, we need you here. You know, like, you know, or if someone makes a mistake, you're patting them on the back saying, it's all right, man. We, we, you know, ne next month, another show. Talk about how important it is to have a family like that for you and for everybody in the business. It is, it is so important. And I, I look forward to being at the back every day. I look forward to it. It's going to be the best part of the day. Um, and the people that I'm around is – a huge part of it. I, I see these people more than I see family members because I'm here so often. So having a group of people that all are supporting each other and they're all patting you on the back and they're all congratulating you or they're like, hey, don't worry, or they're helping, saying, hey, maybe do it like this, do it like that, whatever. It's just so inviting and it makes you want to stay. It makes you want to train even more. And I'm so happy 
I think that's what I like the most about the factory. Are, are the, the people there just have been nothing but super nice, super supportive, and super helpful. Okay, so we talked about the coaches a little bit. Let's talk about the uh, the students of the Monster Factory. Uh, talk about your your uh, community, uh, your friendship with them, and how they've helped you. Uh, they've helped me a ton. I don't know what I did, but they they didn't hate me, so <laughs> they, they 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 seem to have enjoyed my company. So um, a couple guys have have always been there to kind of um, if I want to work on something, I go to them. They'll be happy to help me with stuff. Um, and just and just be good friends all around, chat about stuff that even has nothing to do with wrestling, and we're just we're just having a good time. Uh, Nick has been super helpful since day one. Brian, another one, just been first day. I'm I'm doing beginners class with him, and he's like, "Hey, you wrestle with your watch? I have my watch on." So I was like, "Oh shoot, I should probably go pick it up." And just and just. Uh, Everyone, there's, there's, uh, Chris Desmond, another one, super, you know, he's, he's making sure things are done. He's making sure things are running smoothly. And if, if he needs help, I'm there. If I need help with something, he'll be the first person to, to come offer help with me. Just everyone, just super helpful. Super, super supportive. I just can't say enough nice things. It's just a great place to be. Two people I love everyone at the factory, but two people that uh, I, I've I've grown pretty close to. Uh, one, Unstables, Cara Martin, the mind he has in this business and the promos is dynamite. Another man, Ferran Burgundy, that man is a, is the future play by play, just like an Ian Riccoboni. He had a radio show, fourteen ninety AM, for so many years, and now he's doing it big there. Talk about those two guys. I'll I'll tell you right now. Uh, those super helpful. The whole the whole Mike Z thing where I go like this. Carl was the first one to be like, you need to do that. You need to that needs to happen. Next time you go out there, you need to do this thing. They're gonna love it. Um, if we're in a practice match, uh, he'll be in the crowd. He'll be like, hey, hey, look at us. We're the crowd. You might want to just every little piece or nugget that he throws. Just super helpful. Just just helps me get even that much better. And Ferran always will be the first one to go to you and be like, hey, so um, you're calling it the mic drop. I just want to make sure I have it right. So um, in your His head, binder, man. Yeah, his book. His, uh, that is of everything. And he'll, and he'll make sure he'll get it right. He'll look and be like, okay, no one else is using that. So we're good. Don't, don't worry about copyright. Um, he'll go to you and be like, so are you Michael Z? Are you Mike Z? He, he will... He'll say things that I wouldn't even think about, like, oh, maybe I, let me go figure that out and I'll be right back. <laughs> he, he makes sure that not only me, but everyone else, that it's going to run smoothly, that it, he's going to tell a story while he's on the booth, and everything runs great. I can't, those guys are super helpful. And how much uh, pressure does it take off of you knowing that you got someone that has your best interest on the mic during your match? Oh, it's, it's great because I, I don't have to. At the factory, I don't have to worry. I, I never have to worry of like, oh, what's going on over there? Or what's going on over here? I know like if I if there's something that I want them to say, I'm just going, hey, guys, would it be all right if you guys throw this in there? And I know it's going to happen. Or I, I know like, okay, if I'm cutting a promo or something, I they'll know when to talk, when to not talk. It'll it'll run smoothly. It's it's such a help because it's one less thing that you have to even think about. Right. It's like, oh, I, I they got all right. me. I focus on this. They got that. They're pros. They know what they're doing. 
And there's so many things that the fans don't even know that's coming to the world famous Monster Factory, man. There's so many surprises coming up. It's like, is it hard for you to keep it in, not tell your friends, and not tell your mom or dad? You know, at first it was, it was, it was kind of like, oh, I should, I want to say something, but I can't. We got, we got a lot of big things coming up. You know, we got to, we finally got to talk about the June 30th show. It's, it's coming up. That was one thing where it's like, oh, this is pretty cool. It'd be cool to say something, but um, it's just having having everyone else around to talk to about it. It's, it's super helpful because it doesn't it doesn't make you feel like you, if you need to get it out, you, they know too because we're all here together. So it's good. But yeah, it is a bit of kind of like, oh, they're gonna. I can't wait till they find this out. It's gonna be great. Or I can't Definitely. see. I can't. I can't wait to see what happens. Definitely. So let's talk about your very vocal rooting session at every show, man. How great is it to have a family support and friend support knowing they got your back? It's super, super. I'm just, I'm just grateful for it. You know, not everyone has a, a, a group of, of friends that will, will do what they do for me. So it always like, I always appreciate it. And I always try to let them know that I do. And it, they help, especially in that first match, you know, um, my friends will tell me like, hey, even if we weren't there, it would have been great. But it was super helpful when they're at the shows for not only me, but for the entire show, how loud they are, how, how vocal they are, how, how invested they get into to the people and the stories. They, they'll talk to me about me, but they'll talk to me about Travis. They'll talk to me about Bobby. They'll talk to me about Max. They'll talk to me about Jafar, everyone. And it's, they're so invested in the whole show that I couldn't ask for anything more out of them. You know, they come every, every show they're there and they help me, they help everyone else. And they may, they help the, the crowd. You know, sometimes people don't feel like being super loud, but they'll be loud and it'll make someone else want to be loud. So they're just, they're just, they're just the best, honestly. Definitely. So do you have, um, on your biggest match to date happened when the problem, Westfield Kelly, who's an intimidating man, uh, met the solution. Mike Z, uh, you won the arena championship that night. Talk about what was going on when you hit the mic drop and you hear the one, two, three, and the ref raises your hand. And you see that belt right next to you on the other side of your hand. Um, it was kind of like winning, winning a championship was one of one of the big things that was like, oh, I really want to love, love championships. Looking at them like I've when I was little, I had a whole bunch of like toy championships and things like that. So um, having that moment of just like, oh shoot, I, I did it, I, I won. And then having my my friends and family there too to just not, and they have no idea and seeing their reaction, it just, it's just a really, really like fun, cherishable moment that I'm super grateful for it, that I got to do that, that they were there and, every, and just how it went and that it was with Wes. Love, love Wes, another person. He's he's just the he's just the funnest person to be around, and he's someone else who will who will show you things, and and he'll be super supportive. So to have it with Wes, to have my family, to be out there to win, to hold it up, it was it was I couldn't ask for anything more. So you go through the curtain. Who's the first person that comes to you? Uh, well, when I get out there, uh, I know Brett was there. Another person who just, I'm telling you, everyone helps each other out, but Brett will make sure I'm having everything, okay, 
you did it. Let's do it like this. Hey, that was good. That was bad. Whatever. So I come out to Brett. Um, Brett's one of the first people I see. I come out. He goes, hey, uh, you stayed out there a bit too long. It was kind of, it, it was a little awkward, but it was all right. <laughs> so he's there. Um, coach is there. Coach was happy with everything. That was another one. Got the, those two were there. Brian made sure to come back and congratulate me. Uh, it was, I couldn't, I couldn't, even uh, one of the newer students who hasn't, hasn't wrestled yet, he was there. He, he, he uh, gave me a handshake, said congratulations too. So uh, those are a couple guys, but um, yeah, very, very happy to have him there when I walked to the back. So your big brother, you know, he got some over on you earlier in your career. You think you might get some revenge now that now that you're the champ? Hey man, we'll we'll see. I don't know. He he does he does some jujitsu classes, so yeah, I might I might Uh-oh. never get the chance. Honestly, <laughs> I, might, I might never have the chance. That's funny. So um, one thing I love about the World Famous Monster Factory is the seminars. Um, talk about one of your favorite seminars that you've been to, and um, what's some stuff that you learned from from each each seminar. Um, so two that come to mind that really pop into my head are one was with Bob, Bob Evans. Uh, that one, he, he really dove into half of it was, we're going to get people in here. We're going to do some in-ring work. And the other half was like a business kind of side of things of like, Hey, when you're traveling, maybe you could do this and that, it'll save you some money on gas or whatever. Uh, maybe you can get a cheaper flight, things like that. Just, just real business aspect side of things that I would never even think about that he's like, Hey, you can, you can write this off on your taxes or stuff like that. And then, um, just in the ring, we were doing, he was, it was, it was a selling drill and we're, we're, he's throwing punches and I'm, and I'm throwing, you know, making him look like the nastiest punches I've ever seen. And he's like, he's like three feet away from me just cause that's how the drill went. And just that one, you know, he, he really made you feel like, you're going to learn and you're going to do a great job. Even if, whether I did a great job or not, I felt like I did a great job because he was just the way he was running things. And I was, I was super helpful. Uh, really big fan of, of, of Bob and the seminar and just what, what he's doing, whether in the factory or out. And there was another one we had with, uh, with uh, let's say Dorado. He came out. I remember I just, I just, I remember that day I just didn't show up for work. It was. It wasn't the job I work at now. In case. Yeah. Right. In case some. In case some of them see it. It wasn't that one. I swear. Um, but so I came. It was like an early morning kind of thing, and we we were doing basic stuff we do on a normal training. And I remember he wanted us to kind of shout, and it was kind of like a mindset thing, of like, okay, I want you to think in like, okay, you're in fight mode or you're in like training mode, something like that. So we would do a roll and then we'd scream. Like another one, scream, and it just something like that was like, oh, I would have never even thought of something of that nature, like kind of getting in the right headspace for it. Whether that's what he was trying to get across of why he does it or not, I'm not sure, but that's kind of what I took out of it. And just the drills we're doing with him just seemed, especially at that time, just like super advanced. Like I'm like, oh, we're doing we're doing this stuff. Okay, let's let's get to it, and just. You know, he'll he'll tell you, you know, what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, and he'll make sure, you know, he, he's doing nothing but helping out and making you the best person you can be. So those two, fantastic. Very happy I got to be a part of them. And I'm um, looking forward to whatever seminars come next. 
Definitely. And you never know who's going to show up at the factory. Like Xbox, MVP, Lance, just, 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 uh, you know, to get some reps in. Honestly, uh, there's been multiple times where people are coming in and I'm like, oh, hey, this person's here. And I introduce myself and I'm like, hey, it's nice to meet you. My name is this. But I'm like, oh, that's crazy that this person just decided to show up. They took time out of their day to come here. Great. Uh, looking forward to what they have to say. Yeah, it happens. Um, uh, and I, I try to do my best to take it all in, take whatever knowledge they give. Now, we could talk about the alumni all day, like Seamus, Mimi, Riddle, Damian Priest. But let's talk about the upcoming guys right now that's making it big, like Goldie, AEW Dark twice. You know, we have uh, so many others that have done, you know, Impact, uh, like with Bobby Buffet, and this goes on and on. How encouraging is it for you to see guys that you're next to every single day, blood, sweat, and tears with, making it to that next level already? It's it's encouraging because when when times are, are say you have a bad day at practice, or say you know you had a rough day outside of the factory or whatever, and yeah, and you have to do some you have to do some training, and you, it, your body hurts, you're not really in that in the right headspace, or or something like that happens, right? Seeing that, okay, this person, they're doing this now. And this person, they're going over here. And this person has this coming up. You see it and you go, okay, I know this works. I know we're doing this for a reason. I know we're doing this so we can get to that next level. So it's it's motivational because, if, okay, if they're still doing it, why? I It's go time. We're here. We're here. We do this. Whatever, whatever's outside that you worry about that when you get out there. Right now, we're here training and... Whatever we got to do, we got to do because it works and it's going to get you where you want to be. So it's super just, you can ask for more motivation than that, honestly. So 2022, we're in the summer now. You got the arena, Monster Factory Arena, championship pro wrestling title in front of you. What's the rest of the year goal-wise for you? Goal-wise, you know, every champion wants to wants to hold on to it for as long as they can. So that's that's one there, you know. Gotta, gotta, once you champ, you can't, you can't slack. You know, this is where the going gets tough now. This is where things happen. Uh, this is when you really got to put your foot down. So I, I got to tell you, the goals I wanted to accomplish this year, I've been able to, and I didn't think I would be able to. Wow. I thought, I thought championship was 2023, to, to be quite honest with you. But just, you know, just wanting to get better, wanting different spots, wanting different challenges, you know, seeing stuff that other people are doing, let me get there, you know. Um, I don't know if we're going to have another turkey slam five on five or, or whatever, but I would love to be a part of it if I could or just anything, honestly. Uh, I'd love to have another opening match just to, I really would like to get the crowd going to like, okay, you're going to start. You set the tone for the rest of the night. Let's see what you can do. Just, just overall, every goal, just to get better. Just, just to get better. Also, rookie of the year would be nice. That would be nice in PWI magazine. Let's do it. <laughs> well, I just meant Monster Factory. Right? Oh, okay. We, we, we have this little award thing that we, that we do that we did last year. Um, but hey, that too, I guess, if, if it's not impossible. Yep, one step higher. So uh, June 30th, it's time, man. ECW Arena, the arena. Uh, so much history in that building. So many huge names on the card. D'Lo Brown, Steve Macklin, um, Deanna Perrazzo, uh, the Headbangers, like so many. And uh, your name's on that list, man. 
your opponent, Max Sterling. You had, you know, a match with him, and he got the upper hand. Now it's revenge time. Now, now you're coming in a whole different animal. You know, you're the champ now. Uh, if he was here right in front of me right now looking at you, what would you say? Can you cut a promo on him right now? Listen, Max, I, I know you're going to listen to me. I know you are. Because you're watching every single move, every post, every everything I do, you are looking at it. Because I know you're worried. I'm, I'm on a streak that some can't believe. I'm, I'm champ. I am at the peak of my game. This match is not going to be like the last one. All right, you're not gonna win anything over on me. You're not gonna you're not gonna get the ref to look away and do some nasty cheater stuff ever again. Max, we're gonna get in there. We're gonna be in the ECW arena. It's gonna be 2,300, and I am more motivated, more fired up than ever. I will not lose to you. You're not gonna have me, Butler you around, pamper you up, do your dry cleaning, wash your cars. It's not happening. What's going to happen is I'm going to get you in that ring. I'm going to hit you with a mic drop, and I'm going to be your reigning, defending MFPW arena champion. And that is a Mike Z guarantee. Mic drop on that one. So, Mike, if the Damage fans want to find more information about you, where can they go? Listen, I'm on, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, Facebook, Michael Z, Instagram, Twitter, guarantee Mike Z. Uh, you can follow me on there. You can follow the, the Monster Factory YouTube channel, World Famous Monster Factory. See all the upcoming matches. See what I'm going through. See what, what, what I have in store. That's where you're going to go. Well, Mike, I really appreciate your time, man. Supporting Completely Damaged for first. Uh, also, give me your time tonight. And uh, I know the future's bright for you, man. And best of luck. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. And Damage fans, remember, don't keep it nice and neat. Keep it completely damaged on MonkaRadio.com, where music and minds meet. Completely damaged! Completely damaged!